0: Thank you. Can you succeed in raising your children to have unshakable faith in Jesus Christ, especially when the odds seem to be stacked so high against you? Our children are bombarded with images and messages every day that contradict the teachings of Jesus. And as parents, it's easy for us to feel outmanned and outgunned in our battle to shape their hearts and minds into committed followers of Christ. But the victory is ours for the taking. God has given us everything we need to equip our children for the life He's called them to. So join us today as we engage in the crucial conversations that will help you discover and apply the tools you need to raise your kids with unshakable faith in Jesus. And now, welcome to Unshakable Faith. Well, good afternoon. I'm Dr. Steve Hubler, president of Legacy Family Ministries.
1: And I'm Melissa Hubler.
0: And we are your hosts for Unshakable Faith. I also want to welcome everyone joining us here on Faith Talk 1360 and all of you who are joining us through our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or on Faith Talk's website. Now today we're going to start unpacking just one of the essential disciplines that we need to have in our arsenal as Christian parents, and that is the discipline of intentionality. Or in other words, the discipline of having a firm commitment already in place to deliberately and strategically engage our children in the training they need at the time they need it to build an unshakable faith in Jesus. Now, this, of course, is the exact opposite of a hands-off approach where we delegate our children's spiritual development to their pastors, teachers, or maybe even a family member like their grandparents. It's also the opposite of the passive approach where we only talk about spiritual things when they bring them to us but we never initiate. Now, the discipline that we need is to be proactive to deliberately and strategically engage our kids with the training they need when they need it to build an unshakable faith in Jesus. Now to help us out with today's conversation, our very good friend and highly valued member of the of the legacy team, Levi Molkine. Uh, um, <laughs>
2: I can't even. Yeah, you're good. That's okay. It's a valued friend, and I
0: can't even say his name. Let me try that again. (laughs) Levi (laughs) Malkantine joined us once again. Levi, thanks so much for taking time out of your demanding schedule to share your insights and expertise with us today.
2: It's always a pleasure to be here, Steve. I appreciate you guys bringing me on.
0: Yeah. Well, let's uh, just take a second and and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better.
2: Uh, You've done
0: your time in ministry?
2: Yeah, I've worked in ministry for. It's almost like 20 years now, I think, off and on. We're getting Um, old, Levi. Oh, don't don't start. start. (laughs) I feel it now. That's the problem. Like Before, you could just like, oh, no, I'm okay, and then, no, you're starting to see the gray hair on your face, and it's awful. Yeah, so I worked in ministry for about 20 years, Um, uh, mostly Christian camping, so I did a lot of work with kids. And, you know, we were on before, and we talked about like, kids, like, why do you work, like, working with kids? So I started thinking about it. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, why, why am I so drawn to work with youth? Like, what's the deal?
0: Yeah, hey, you and your wife, Jamie, head up our junior high school ministry. Yeah, session.
2: yeah. And, um, and we love what we do. We love working with the kids. And, and it, it just hit me the other day when I was kind of preparing for this. And I was like, you know, it's, it's kids represent hope. They're like hope for the next generation, right? Like, that's, they are the embodiment of that. When you see a little kid running future. around and 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 they're saying things they shouldn't be saying and asking questions and observing things they shouldn't be saying, and you're like, "Don't say that," you know. <laughs> so that's like that's that's pure hope, and that's why I think um, her and I have both been so attracted to to working in youth ministries for so long. They're just, and that's that's probably our mentality too. We're like we're all, we're all adult children, so.
0: <laughs> well we 're bummed we couldn 't have Jamie here too, but yeah, she does yeah. have a job she 's got a normal job yes. a professional job, you know, <laughs>
2: curating future minds <laughs> that 's true
0: well here 's why i 'm so convinced that we need to talk about intentionality today. The new year twenty twenty two is looming in front of us just a few days away, and here 's what the playing field looks like for our families. It looks like get this more of the same mm-hmm. nothing 's really changing. The secular culture that we live in is going to continue working overtime to conform your children and my children into the image that they want. And that is an image where our children adopt the secular worldview, one that is shaped by things like critical race theory, evolution, materialism, hedonism, a fractured view of personhood, and the list goes on and on. And they want that because they know if they succeed, then your child will make life choices based on those false beliefs. And that's what the world's trying to conform them into. Now, meanwhile, on the other hand, you and I... and I safely presume Jesus, still want our children to be conformed to the image of Christ. As parents, we want our children to adopt a biblical worldview because we know that if they do, then they will make life choices based on true biblical claims about God and us and the world we live in. And they will, of course, experience all of the blessings that come with those choices. So here's the challenge in front of us. In the new year, Who is going to win the battle for our children's heart and mind, and therefore win the battle for the directions and the choices that they make in their life? Now, Because that's the landscape in front of us, because that's the challenge that each one of us Christian parents is facing right now, and of course, given the stakes that we're fighting for, I would argue that we parents really have to decide right now, before the new year starts, that in 2022, we're going to be intentional about preparing our kids to succeed in this challenge of choosing the right worldview. So what do you guys think about the timing of that whole thing? Do you agree with me?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the landscape, the culture right now, and it's just and I just said it the other day to somebody at work I was like it seems like everybody's just gone along with this like everybody's gone crazy I'm like
0: yeah fish float yeah, we're downstream just gonna, we're just
2: gonna go with it. I'm like wait a minute like there's like this so like the whole vaccination thing like everybody's gotta get vaccinated if you have over 100 employees everybody's like yeah let's do it I'm like you not know, see how this is like kind of like pressuring you to maybe do something you don't want to do mm-hmm. everybody's just on board and it's it's madness that's just one part of it yeah yeah. What do you think, Melissa?
1: Oh, I very much agree that we have to be intentional in how we parent. Um, raising kids who have a biblical understanding of of God's truth doesn't happen by accident, and it doesn't happen by default when we have the culture that's working so hard to turn our kids into a different direction. Yeah. Um, and that secular worldview surrounds them everywhere. TV ads, TV shows, going to the movies, even school's curriculum. Um, and what we see emerging now is really the climax of that postmodern thought that has been creeping in for the last 50 years. And I just read um, a quote from a BBC article in 2009 that said, In a postmodern world, there is no universal religious or ethical laws. Everything is shaped by a cultural context of a particular time and place and community. So if we're not intentional about what our kids learn, that culture is just going to carry them away.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like we said in the introduction, it's just everywhere.
2: Yeah, and we talk about intentionality. Like, there's, there's. I was trying to figure out what is the enemy of intentionality, like being intentional with your kids. And my wife says, "Oh, you're so intentional with with the kids." I'm like, "Well, give me a list of things," and she hit me with all these things that like I do. And I'm like, "I don't know, how parents like know their kids enough." And I think the enemy to being intentional with your children is it's twofold. One is a distraction, mm-hmm. and and the other one is like willful distraction, so like entertainment, and then. Crumbling under all of these responsibilities you've put on yourself. Like, yeah. I gotta pay the bills. I, you know, I got it. I had the whole theory about the American dream. And now it's like, go to school, get married, have kids, buy the house, get the job, and work your butt off and try to juggle Which it all.
1: Which is all also very intentional.
2: Yeah. And then, but during that time when you have these children, you're like, ah, oh, this is why I won't move up in my job. This is why I won't go anywhere until my daughter's out of the house. It's like, if I miss out on the, eight more summers I have with my children and they're out of the house because I got only eight more summers with my son. That's it. Eight more family trips during the summer and we're done. And he's going to be doing something else. Mm -hmm. So if there isn't a sense of urgency, if you don't frame it right in your head, like I got eight more years with this kid and he's going to be out of the house. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he'll be living in the basement until he's 30. I don't know, but (laughs) it seems to be the thing now. But I'll take it, you know, but you have to, you have to be aware well,
1: and you have to value that as more important than mm-hmm. the American dream.
2: And it's all in the way you're going to frame that, too. Mm-hmm. So my theory is that if if Christian parents would start li- look live a little less, it's like a smaller place. I've been trying to convince Jamie, like, let's buy, let's buy a tiny home. She's like, we're not buying a tiny home. Right? <laughs> Just something to sleep in. Like, it'd be a tent on one acre of land. And everything else, we'll go do stuff. We'll keep working. You know, we'll make money, and then we'll pour it into the relationship with our kids. Like, let's go to Disneyland. Let's do this. Let's have that. Let's go here. Build memories. Mm-hmm. And we're out of the house. Let's play. You want to buy the house still? Buy the house. Like, I, I, that's that's my theory on that. Sentence. I've been a little extreme most of my life. And my wife's like, we're not doing that. I'm like, okay. I have to find a happy medium here somewhere, you know. But unless you know and you're aware of that sense of urgency with your with your kids when you look in that backseat and they're bebopping around and then five minutes later you look back and they're 18 and they're ignoring you. Like, mm-hmm. unless there's a sense of urgency, you can't do
0: it. Well, I really like what you said about framing that whole thing. You know, you were talking about framing the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about about it in terms of framing the job in front of us. Yeah. And um, one of the things I ran across as I was preparing for today was um, part of the reason why we need to be and think about being intentional now is is just understanding the task in front of us. Because the task in front of us is really to train our kids. Yeah. We want to train them to have a biblical worldview. And uh, for me, being a teacher by Trade basically, um, that, that's a bit of a shift for me because teaching is fine, but teaching is slightly different from training. You know, teaching is more when you're imparting information or skills that lead to a new understanding or some improved ability, and that's all good. We have to teach our kids, but training is like Teaching with a specific goal or teaching towards a specific challenge. For example, athletes. You know, you were talking about being extreme. Well, you used to run these real long Ironman races, right? Yeah, yeah. Personally, I think thoughts. I think you're nuts, but <laughs> <laughs> that's great, right? But you don't wait till you're in the middle of the race to think, "Wow, I really should start training for these exactly, hills." Yeah, you know, yeah. it's training with a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're you're working towards a purpose. Firefighters, same thing. You know, mm-hmm. they train for car fires, high-rise fires, electrical fires, whatever. You know, they 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 look ahead. Mm. And they know that they're gonna have a challenge in front of them and they get ready for it. Doctors, same way. You know, they don't wait till your heart's open on the table before they start practicing the sutures that they need yeah. to close you up. That's a bad time to get going. So we've got a task before us and there's a challenge before us. And that's look, our kids need to have a biblical worldview and everything around them is working against it. So we need to win that challenge mm-hmm. and we need to train them to be ready for those things when they come into their life to be able to sort through them. Because otherwise, you wait till you're in the middle of it yeah, you can still pull it off with your kids, but it's really not the best time to start. The best time to start is right now. What do you guys think about that?
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's really important to be, again, we're, we're talking about being intentional. Um, when Christ talked about the Great Commission, um, he wasn't, you know, like, hey, sit down and teach these people these things. Just do life with this mm-hmm. person. like and, and being a teacher and being able to teach kids and be in a classroom, you're right, that's totally different. But then when you train somebody, you're with them. Through every step of the way like you're not just saying hey read this book and go figure it out like hey let's do this together and let's talk about it right and that's what parenting ends up breaking down to is like okay like my son terry terry come here let's i'm gonna we're gonna cut this piece of wood here and cut it and like what what do you think he's like I, I don't like this like okay cool like why don't you like it and that starts a conversation and then you can unpack that in a biblically like hey this is what jesus would say about you know like the vine and the branch when we're hiking like take a look at it You know, like I'm the tree and you're the fruit that's coming off us, what Jesus was talking about. you understand he's like, oh, like I get it. But it has to be intentionally applied to them. Like you have to be intimate with them for them to understand it. And you're doing life with them. It's discipleship.
1: Well, when you're doing life in that context as well, it's as you're going, when you're walking through the forest, how are you making something that God created before us as a visual display of himself and his character and bringing that in front of our kids so that they can see it in a different manner.
2: You're drawing attention to what God has already done. And then you're just saying, well, what do you think about that? You know, sometimes you get a yes or no, and sometimes you get a little more than that. And those are golden teachable moments when you're looking for those opportunities to to interject. Like I always ask my kids, hey, what was your favorite thing about today? Like oh I had lunch today and I ate candy. Well like, okay let's talk about it. Like it's dumb how? but oh, how can I work the Lord into this? Like hey God made that made your taste buds.
0: Yeah it's, our big challenge. Good. is How do you work God into the favorite part being lunch and coming home? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: nap time I'm like oh okay great how do we do this?
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah there's a uh, I mean there's there's so much to this but uh, the element that that really really presses on me as the now factor of it. Because if, if I don't say I'm going to do this now, I know me, you know, life takes over. You're talking about distractions. And, and then there's a lot of really good things that we're doing as parents that may not be worldview related or training into their, their spiritual lives. There's, there's good things that we do. But uh, man, if you get so caught up in those, I should, should say, if I get so caught up in those, then I miss the other. And I was thinking, it's like, you know, what about those parents who are listening today that have children that may be a little bit older? You know, I'm talking about junior high or high school age. You know, they're already down the worldview formation road a little bit. And um, maybe we haven't been really intentional about this. Maybe this is a new thing to us. You know, maybe we're someone who's just started following Jesus. We're just trying to learn it out. And we've been one of those parents who has been really in, in, invested in all the good things of parenting. But maybe we haven't done this one. Are they just out of luck?
2: yeah and that's and that's hard too when the foundation has been laid for something else you know i think about like a little bit of my childhood real quick and i just just kind of sidetrack like i was raised in the homosexual community like my mom was gay and from an early age i was taught it was okay and before i knew the lord it was like oh okay cool like that's that's fine No two people love each other and then i grew in my faith and then there's this whole foundation that like i'm like oh wait a minute like i gotta I got to reevaluate this now and I get back to it. So when you've laid that foundation and you're trying to rework scripture into it, when you're trying to relay that, that solid foundation, um, it, it can be really difficult,
0: but it can be done. No.
2: Yeah. So it, but again, it's, it's life. You are the most intimate person in your child's life and, and they're going to hurt you the most and say the most hurtful things to you. They're going to resist you the most. But in the end, like you were the most trusted person in that child's life and you, you just got to do the work like and they're going to hate it and you're going to hate it. and It's going to drive you nuts. But and we're going through that right now with my kids. Like they just I've had my son say, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I'm like, all right. As a parent, I'm like, that's a good place for you to be. Now you're using your head. Figure it out. Well, I'm going to do it with you. OK, like you got questions. Let's 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 dig out those questions.
1: Well, and there's mm-hmm. questions that are there. That's why he's making the statement. Exactly, and that exactly. questions lead to deeper thinking processes, which mm-hmm. lead you straight back to the Lord. Because yeah. in His goodness, He will always draw us back to Absolutely. Himself, and
2: He starts a good work with you. So, if, if the Lord has led you in any capacity, if He's drawn you out in any way, He's going to finish that. Mm-hmm. So, if you're on the, if you're listening right now, the Lord is drawing you to this. So, and, the thing that you can take faith in is knowing that God is going to finish what He has just started with you right here, right now. Invest in that. Do life with the kids. And just work it out as it goes, and and it's, it'll be all right. It's going to be okay. Like I think I think people need to be told that. Like and oh, also, it it's,
0: it's it's important to remember that whenever a child says something like that, especially the age yours is at, which is young, <laughs> there's always an emotional component there, and yeah. and kind of a jab to get. I hate dad you. To I don't want to be mom. a Christian. I'm like okay, great,
2: cool. Here we go. And that hurts my wife, you know, but not me. I'm like, all right, let's
0: go. <laughs> but that's one of those things that needs to be addressed when it comes up. But, yeah. You know, when when I was kind of thinking through this stuff, I thought, you know what. So so some of us are at the very beginning. You know, our kids are very, very young, and they're still crawling around or haven't mm-hmm. discovered God's given them free will yet, and then others are older. Um, the bottom line is, is if we haven't started yet, start. The time is now, because the longer we wait to start being intentional about training our kids, the more complicated and difficult the task becomes. It's not impossible. Like you said, you know, your context was very, very different from the, the standard yeah christian yeah, home yeah but look at where you are now i mean you're doing great your family's awesome it's possible it's just yeah. more difficult so I, don't wait
2: start I now raised in an, an, an alcoholic environment and drug addiction and like the, it my my whole backstory before christianity is wild it's i mean it's totally antithetical to christian belief so when i look at my life and then i think about parenting kids and i'm like you know what if God can do this with me, like He
0: can, He can it a help less you. It scary. Yeah, yeah. We're but, gonna but have you got to get hear your that. whole story on here one <laughs> of these days. That'd be great. But yeah, let's push forward a little bit. So um, we can make a good argument for the pragmatism of this whole thing about being intentional. Now's the time to start. You know, athletes don't wait till they're in the game. Surgeons don't wait till they're in surgery. So on and so forth. The pragmatism is easy. The question I have now is: Is this kind of intentionality that we've been talking about so far biblical? Um, And, of course, I think, yes, spoiler alert, yes, it is biblical. But, you know, are there any good examples of it or teachings about it that you guys want to share? Or is, you know, there's something we should just think, oh, it's just a good idea. We should do it.
1: I think there's examples all over Scripture of being intentional. I mean, Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, where God's laid out the law, but he tells parents, teach them to your children, teach them diligently to your children, talk about them when you sit down in your house and when you walk in the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You know, there, his point was to constantly keep God in front of you and to set your eyes on him. Mm-hmm. But then you see examples of how that's played out in the lives of so many different characters throughout scripture. I mean, Elisha and Elijah, being just one of many, where you have Elijah, who is this great prophet, and Elisha becomes the person that God selects to take over after him. And they lived life together. One came alongside the other, and he learned from him, and he learned about God through him until that mantle was ready to be passed on to him. So there was a very intentional teaching process before the mantle was passed from Elijah to Elisha.
2: Yeah. I think about the the healing of the leper when Christ encounters him. Like, we've seen... In scripture, where Jesus has said things and, and things have happened. You know, the Lathia you know, girl, get up, come up, wake up, let's mm-hmm. go. Um, but then there are other moments when he, like with the leper, he encounters him and he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. And Jesus says, I'm willing. And then what's he do? He touches him. And you think about the context of that, like a leper doesn't get touched. Like there, you got to mm-hmm. stay a good distance away, you got to wear a bell so they know you're coming. Like yeah. totally unclean. But why does Jesus do that? Because there's an intimacy in that contact. There's a, It's going to be okay. There's a comfort in that. There's a deliberate intention. There was a reason why he did that. He didn't have to. He just said it before. And I think that's a command for all of us to be intimate and intentional with each other. And and you're right. The time is right now. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just get involved. Carve out the time. If you don't make the time, you're not going to have it. The world is going to come in and it's going to suck out all that time with bills or whatever else like you have to hey we're not going to go home after school like we're gonna go to the park yeah the baseball in the back let's go okay and then something comes out I just, like, here's here's one thing that i learned if you do something that requires both of you to sweat <laughs> <laughs> there's a greater bond and, and, and it's funny but there's a there's, there's a psychological to implication that. to that so you release those endorphins when you exercise right mm-hmm. and if you're with a person and you do that you build a bond with them this is why we used to do that with the kids in the youth group like we'd work out I could go for a run. Hmm. And those five or six kids that did it with me, because nobody wants to run with their youth pastor. It's lame, especially a guy who likes to run like crazy, right?
0: Yeah. But with those yeah. five or six kids, I had to No, a- Pastor Levi, we're not going on a 100-mile run with <laughs> running
2: a 50-mile run right now. I'm like, I get it, but this is going to be awesome. And they're like, no, 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 no. So that's, it, I mean, doing those things, that helps so much. And I think just, like Jesus, reach out. And instead of speaking to your children, like, do something with them. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that goes much further than any teachable moment where you're just telling them something
0: yeah and you really do see that modeled in the whole ministry of jesus you know in matthew 419 he says follow me and i will make you fishers of men well next question is great where did they follow him to well they went out on the mission field Mm -hmm. and they started doing the work they started doing the ministry that jesus was preparing them to do when he would be crucified and then ascend back into heaven And they went out, and like you said, they ran into the leper. They did all these other things. And it's funny because, you know, if you were one of the disciples walking with Jesus, maybe you wouldn't see the intentionality. I might be thinking, this guy's nuts, okay? Mm -hmm. He's cool, but he's, you know, why are we doing all this stuff? This is crazy because you don't get it. But we have hindsight. And when you sit back and you look at the entire ministry of Jesus, you see it just dripping with intentionality. The places that he took him to. The woman the at the people well. people that they ran into. Yeah, the timing of things. You know, we were talking about the Syrophoenician woman in, in a conversation with Robbie Lasho about whether or not Jesus was sexist or racist. It was a yeah. racist one yeah, that yeah. we did. And, um, you know, the the... Well, I won't get sidetracked, but there's all these crazy arguments. But you you look at what Jesus mm-hmm. was actually doing, and he was talking to the Pharisees about what what's really unclean and what's not. And then he takes his mm-hmm. disciples to a place where there's people that they thought were unclean, mm-hmm. and then he makes the point: Well, no, actually, yeah. it's all about the heart, and it's about faith in me, mm-hmm. and you know, whole thing wrapped up into a little nut there. But point is, is intentionality, intentionality, intentionality it's, it's all over yeah. what yeah. Jesus did and what he modeled.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's important to keep that in mind, because I, I feel like a lot of parents, they're they're distressed. You know, like you're saying, like, what if you're just starting out now and your kid's like 17 and we've got a year and he's going to be
0: off to college, going to ASU, you know, party school or something. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Just start now. My you know? encouragement is, OK, Jesus is just as involved in the discipleship of our kids as he was involved in the discipleship of his original 12. Mm-hmm. And he started with guys who were adults. They had a formed worldview and they still changed.
1: Well, and if I'm a parent who has just become a Christian and now I've got the 17-year-old that I'm wanting to show Jesus to, what better way to show Jesus than by my changed life? You know, if I have become different and I'm acting different and I'm talking different, they're going to take note of that. It's something that's going to stand out and they're going to want to know. I mean, even if it takes years, they know. They've got a history with you. They know Mm -hmm. what you were like before. And now they can go, something happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Proximity is going to build a relationship too, even if it's with your kid. Like the more time you spend with them, present with them in an area, not distracted, like that's going to build that bond and cultivate that more. And let them see you struggle. That's I mean, we talked about this the other day. We got to stop acting like God's losing or that he can lose. Mm-hmm. If he is who he says he is and we take him at his word, he's the Alpha Omega, he tells the end from the beginning, like it's it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like just, just love the process. God wants the process.
0: Do the process. I had I had a good friend, um, a colleague of mine, he used to say with a smile on his face, let's just assume for a second that the Bible is true. And then he would lay something out that was one of those obvious things that you should have known already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had a knack for doing that. But, yes, I would just uh, – I want to encourage all the parents listening that, look – If uh, No matter what age your kids are, start now. There's a challenge in front of us. We can meet it because, like I said, Jesus is just as involved in the discipleship of our kids as he was with the original 12. And he'll be faithful to us just as he was faithful to them. Well, thanks so much again for joining us, everyone. Please check out our website at www.legacyfamilyministries.com. There'll be an opportunity for you to sign up for a free newsletter there. We'd invite you to do that. Um, And we just want to encourage you to move forward into the new year that uh, you can be a pro at raising kids with unshakable faith. We'll see you next week.